0: I'm Colton,
1: and I'm Kalen, and, and this is the Future of Thought.
0: Kalen, didn't you play high school football?
1: Yes, I did. For a, for a full season in high school, yeah. From my junior to senior year, I played one full season of, of uh, high school football.
0: Okay. Well, even just one season, then you'll... You might be able to answer this question for me. Okay. If you played college football and you were a star athlete and you made a, a solid football team, a really large university football team, tens of millions of dollars, let's say. Mm-hmm. Would you expect to receive any of that payment yourself from the school, for example?
1: I I would say yes. I think my approach to the situation is going to be different than I think how other people view it from our demographic in particular, like other college students. But I would say yes. I would expect to be compensated for that. Right.
0: Now, do you think the school should compensate you or do you think you should be able to have endorsement deals? For example, California uh, passed the or at least is looking at passing the fair pay to play act. I'm pretty sure they did pass it already. Uh, The FPPA in which college athletes can get endorsements from companies and they can make money that way. So would you want to get endorsements, let's say from Nike, you know, your Zion Williamson or something, you want to get some big endorsement Uh or do you think the school should pay you? Because it's interesting how the largest portion of school funding is athletics outside of just straight tuition payments. And, Everyone knows college coaches make a lot of money. They have huge stadiums at the schools. It brings in tons of revenue. With this pandemic, it's opening people's eyes even more so because this is a revenue stream that's no longer entering the school's hands. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Should players be reimbursed for for that opportunity and all that money they're making them? Or is on the flip side, maybe it's not a huge deal because they get into colleges that other kids couldn't because they're athletes the GPA standards might be lower, they get scholarship money, and they get a basically a free education for at least good athletes.
1: Right. I, and, and that's where I would draw the line personally. So when you ask if I think I should be paid, I say yes, but the answer in my opinion already is yes because your college gets insane scholarships and money thrown at it. So... If I could sign up for the football team and somehow magically make it that would I I'd basically be debt free coming out of college. Now there's a whole lot of other ramifications with being on a collegiate team and and it's a whole big process and there's a lot of work involved. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that I would so, you know, so easily say that I would join in a heartbeat for the amount of money that you get not directly, but in terms of scholarships and financial aid that 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 uh, that is given to you for being a collegiate athlete. But the, as I understand it, the big discussion revolving around collegiate pay is giving them money directly from uh, straight up the revenue that's made from the NCAA and maybe even the school from you know ticket admissions and. And donations and advertising. You brought up um, what's the word you said? Uh, endorsing. You brought up endorsement, basically, right? And that's a whole other that's a whole other discussion. And to be completely fair, I'm not entirely knowledgeable in, in, in the process in how collegiate athlete, athletes are being paid. And to be fair, I haven't talked to many collegiate athletes. But in my opinion, the side of the story that's been sold to me, I, I think it's fair as it stands right now. Um, a whole other discussion is about coach pay. It's interesting data that I've researched, um, we'll make sure to link the source to this, particularly uh, this particular instance in the description. Um, but a U.S. senator for Connecticut, Chris Murphy, uh, wrote about college sports and collegiate athletes uh, in a I, I don't know exactly what to call it maybe an article or a a, a small um, a small piece named Madness Inc. and he talked about how slightly more percentage of NCAA revenue goes to uh, to coaches uh, rather than the athletes themselves. So, straight up, more money goes to the coaches than the athletes. Uh, the math, I think he drew there, and uh, you know, there's a lot of fact-checking to be done. I don't know how precisely accurate this particular piece is, but 12 collegiate athletes... Uh, would have to put pool their money together to match one coach's pay based on how much money they're given from the NCAA. And to clarify, that's not money that the, uh, the athletes are being given. That's just the collective of all the scholarships that are being given to them. If you were to turn that into actual money, 12 students would amount to one coach, right? And so Another big whole argument with collegiate pay is, should we be paying coaches? I mean, should we be paying them as much as we are is kind of the big question too, you know? Alongside, should we even be paying athletes? Right, it's
0: a really, it's a difficult discussion because even if you just take this back to a economic perspective, let's look at private industry. Mm -hmm. A manager for a company going to make more money they have more responsibility they are supervising all of their subordinates or their players if you want to talk about coaches and that comes with more pay for example students also as we've alluded to get scholarship money and that is money whenever you're looking at uh, let's say a 40 grand tuition payment out of state if you have 40 grand that you are no longer paying then in one sense, in a very real sense, you are being paid $40,000 per year because that is just money you're no longer paying. So it doesn't really matter if it's cash or if it's a reduction of tuition, you are no longer spending that 40 grand. That's a lot of money. It's just a hypothetical, but that is common in a lot of institutions. Another uh, example of what could be argued as as fine pay for athletes let's say is just their chances at a better education i know individuals even just from high school who they were they were smart people they weren't uneducated they were well spoken but they were athletes and that got them into universities that they otherwise would not have gotten into and that's just the fact of the matter and it's an interesting discussion because I don't know exactly where my opinion falls but it 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 doesn't necessarily seem to me to be a mandate that students must be paid for the revenue they bring into the school because it's kind of like a think of a an employee at a company you make let's say 80 grand a year to save the company a bunch of a bunch of money let's say your job is internal auditing or something in finance and you save the company let's say a million dollars you might get a bonus but they're not going to multiply your salary times 10 because that year you did a really good job. That's part of the job. And then that money goes back into the company to make the company better to make stakeholders have better um, investment opportunities or share options. I kind of look at college athletics the same way. You have a chance at a better university. You are making money through scholarship or you're just not losing money by paying tuition. It really, the double negative means the same thing. And then you are, let's say, having a good season and making the school extra money, well, then the only thing that would need to change, in my eyes, is just making sure that money that's going back into uh, exorbitant amounts of events for the football team uh, fan experience or a humongous stadium, that could just go back into the school itself and help with internal academic uh, infrastructure, for example, or for improved teacher pay or something like that. Um, that way all of that funding could go back into the school. The athletes would know they are, they are not just paying merely coaches. And I don't really have a strong opinion on coach pay. I don't know enough about it, um, but they know their money is going back into the school making things better for everyone else. And they're also aware that. Hey, I am making 40 grand a year. Let's say as this hypothetical, and I got into a university that I may or may not have been able to get into otherwise. That's pretty kick ass if you ask me.
1: Right. I no, I agree. It's I think, right, from an outsider's perspective, because I'm not a collegiate athlete, I think it's a pretty good deal. And correct me if I'm wrong, but after listening to you're you're kinda saying that your whole argument is that as long as the money gets put back into growth and development of the academic environment and growth for these athletes, maybe not directly but in by Putting this money in compartments that could, you know, uh, affect these people uh, in the future by improving facilities, improving the environment, you know, that that not paying athletes directly is okay. Is that kind of your stance on that?
0: Yeah, I think it's two parts. I'm directly responding to what you just said, if you reinvest school funding not just into how nice the seats are in the stadium, but how many classrooms you have? One. The latter seems more important to me, mm-hmm. caring about education as I do. And then another point is, uh, you might think, and again, neither of us, K1 or I, are collegiate athletes. But you might think, oh well, they should be paid. Let's think of like an employee, right? An employee at, you know, a fast food restaurant in college, paying their way through college. Say they work 30 hours a week, they make a certain amount of money. Well, athletes do something similar. They there's this argument that, well, I spend so much time, it's hard to, you know, get A's in my classes and, and do all these great things because I'm spending multiple hours a day in the gym or practicing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. But so is everyone else who's paying for their college. It's the same idea. It's just not paid directly. It's pay through the opportunity and through the scholarships. That's just kind of how I look at it. I'm not... I'm not sure it's a it's a strong stance of mine. I could certainly be persuaded. It just seems to me that you, you're already granted opportunities, you're granted tuition reimbursement, which is pay in one sense. If that money just went back into the school, maybe not directly for the athletes, but just into the school itself, expanding classrooms or in this time of the pandemic, putting that money directly into tuition payments to reduce it as much as possible for all for all students. Now, admittedly, that, that won't apply next year because we probably won't have many collegiate sports, but but just things like that. If you can reinvest in the institution, the school itself, that helps everyone, it's not taking away from the athletes because they know that what they're doing is helping the school they represent, along with their scholarships and opportunities of attending this university. That That seems to be a good middle ground to me.
1: Interesting. So... I'll link this in the description of this of this particular podcast episode. But the NCAA, and again, I don't know how accurate this is. I'm I'm not exactly the the uh, I'm not from the team that manages the finances of the NCAA. But apparently, their public release statement on where their money goes, the roughly one billion dollar uh, revenue that they make yearly, goes. All over the place, and usually, it a lot of it goes back into the players by funding their their uh, scholarships and um, helping promote sponsor sponsorships within the team. Um, but the rest of the money, mostly, and this is this is just from a surface glance. I haven't done extensive research on the particulars and the the exact flow of money in the NCAA. But it looks like the majority of it actually goes into improving stadiums and expanding kind of like the the, the consumer experience. Um, it also goes into expanding the player experience a little bit, like the, uh, the collegiate athletes experience, uh, paying for their lodging, their traveling, uh, the food that they eat. So I imagine that experience gets better the more money that NCAA makes. Um, but you bring up an interesting point of basically funneling money back into academics and as far as I'm concerned I don't I don't actually think that's what's happening. What you proposed, and I doubt this is gonna color anyone's surprise, but I, I think I agree with what you proposed actually. Because just at a big picture glance, it doesn't look like it goes much into the schools. It goes into the stadiums and the sports departments But it actually doesn't go into athletics outside of the scholarships. The scholarships obviously directly deal with classes. But I I think you bring up an interesting point with putting money into the schools to improve the academic environment. Um, I think that would be money better placed than to make stadiums look nicer or to make your football camp look like a resort, like a five-star resort. Because I've heard that some, some of these places that the collegiate athletes get to work at and train in, uh, literally feel and look like resorts. You know, they got private movie theaters. They got bowling alleys. You know, crazy stuff like that. And I'm not saying, you know, that's a bad thing. I just think what you propose is actually a better thing. Um, and opinion. just for a point of clarification, what we're talking
0: about is large Division I athletics. Right. This is not the same experience as you go to division two and division three athletics uh, just to put that out there before anyone um, calls us out on it we're talking about division division one athletics um, and to clarify my point further and kind of see what you think Kaelin all of this being said about me thinking student athletes are reimbursed fairly by the schools I do think that students as long as they're 18 years old which most college students are should be able to to gain endorsement deals because that's just you operating in the free market, representing yourself as your brand. And if you weren't in a sport and you did that, let's say you're a famous podcaster or you're a social media, um, I always forget the word, a influencer? influencer. Yeah. Yes. Let's say you're a social media influencer. Well, you can do that already. You can monetize yourself as your brand. So I'm certainly not opposed to athletes doing that. If you come out of high school and you are on the news weekly, you're on ESPN constantly, you're in top plays, you are have millions of social media followers, yeah, go get a brand endorsement. Take advantage of the luck and skill that you've got and make some money from it. I am certainly in favor of that. And I don't actually know if you are, Kalen, but I am going to say all that being said about how school-university pay seems fairly adequate just reinvest in academics I'm all in favor for um, funding students on just a pure capitalist perspective outside of the university
1: right and and the biggest i haven't heard actually many uh, how, how do I put this without offending or or attacking anyone that's that's had this statement or this stance on it the The big stance against it i've heard is how predatory and dangerous going into a market like that can be but uh actually <laughs> this is going to be a meme at some point but i actually agree with you i think that endorsements are perfectly fine and people being able to create a band f- brand for themselves is actually empowering and extremely good for uh particular athletes that hold the skill and the name um, befitting of someone who's going to receive all of these endorsements from companies I think, I don't know what it looks like, but I would hope that these athletes are well informed about all the strings attached, about all the stuff that goes on and how this process looks and maybe you know I definitely don't, but if that process is fine and they're fully aware of what they're going into, then that is a. That's I love that that's a great gateway for uh, collegiate athletes to start funneling money for themselves
0: to take this another level deeper as I often do in these podcasts what I think is really important here is like you mentioned this idea of if it's predatory or if you can get scammed or get bad deals let's say in the free market as an 18 year old kid right? that wouldn't surprise me at all I could see that happening a lot it's just credulity, incredulity, and ignorance coming out of high school. These all combine and do something that makes you uh, makes you susceptible to bad deals, let's say. That being said, I think this ties into a deeper question, which isn't exactly related to athletic pay, but it's it's a requisite for these major athletes. We're talking the cream of the crop making these big endorsement deals it goes back to an issue of high school education. Whenever you are in high school, I know a lot of people have very little financial literacy coming out of high school. Very little. I I follow a few uh, YouTubers and um, and bloggers and, and all the comments they get from people, let's say college kids, you know, early, mid twenties individuals is, oh, I wish I learned this before I started making money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big issue too, is that a lot of people, let's say when you win the lottery, some of the highest suicide rates in the United States, and I believe the world are lottery winners in places where they have lotteries, because you get a whole influx of money. People ask you for money. You just want to go out and buy a yacht and then you lose all your money and now you have nothing else. You have no more money. You spent it all because you thought you had an infinite amount. It could be the same idea. NBA players, you've seen this you know, on the news every now and then. The same thing happens. They make a bunch of money and they spend it all. And that's not of any fault of their own if you're not educated on financial literacy. So really, it's something where, I don't know how you would implement this in practice, at least for athletes specifically, some kind of transitional experience into college where you have a personal financial advisor or something like that. But that would be invaluable because of what you mentioned, that danger of entering the market, not knowing what your worth is or not knowing how to handle your money. That's that's a valuable
1: insight and a real fear. It is. And I can give a little bit of experience to this because I also happened to join my football team the last year I was in school. So I got this weird treatment where I was A first year in the eyes of all the football players but uh, I was a senior so outside of the football team you know I was was like what typical seniors are treated as I was the king of the crop you know super ego I was like I don't care whatever you want (laughs) to whatever you want to say but a high school senior but that means my peers and kind of my superiors they're they're a little bit of both were the kids that were either going on to college with me to pursue a degree, or the selects, I think there were two that were offered NCAA contracts. Uh, They were were actually being looked at by, um, you know, kind of like the big folks for making a future with uh, collegiate sports. And the little bit of insight I have into that, and maybe it's wrong, I I was making mostly um, observations at the point I was. Because I wasn't directly tied to those people. I wasn't their best friend. But I did hear about it. It seems like you're kind of thrust into that situation. It seems like the people pulling the strings are definitely not the athletes. And that might sound obvious at first. But as we've just discussed, um, it can be a totally dangerous avenue to walk down if you don't know what's going on. And before long, you'll have managers doing all this stuff for you. I'm sure many people, if not all all collegiate athletes do um or even pro players professionals um i think yeah if you could start in a high school with teaching financial literacy and their risks and and rewards and the inner workings of how all this stuff works with endorsements and working with companies and creating a brand i think that i think that would help the transition and help all these collegiate are soon to be collegiate athletes fare much better? Um, yeah, I think it would just help them fare much better. And I think if we can make people aware of that, I think that helps, in my opinion, diminish the argument that we sh- we should be paying collegiate athletes. And by we, I mean the school. Uh, and when I say paying, I mean actually giving them cash at the end of the week, or at biweekly, or monthly, or yearly. How whenever people. Uh, want to argue that they think they should be paid. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Educating people on this sort of situation is a huge step towards creating a better environment through which we're no longer conflicting because we think they should be paid, but rather, you know, how can we help them make money for themselves instead of uh, through some mechanism that they have no control of? And I wonder if our lack of collegiate experience is really hindering
0: this discussion because entering college as a college athlete, I wouldn't be surprised. And if I'm wrong about this, I think this should be something that's enacted. If there's some kind of mandatory one credit class that's like, hey, you're a professional athlete. Here's what that looks like for you. Here's how that's going to affect your life. Here's how to see if there's managers who are being sneaky and taking a way too big of a cut of your finances and your, your offerings and things like that. Maybe that's the case. I'm totally talking out my ass and I could be totally saying things that are wrong. To be fair, I haven't heard of these experiences, but I'm not going to pretend I really know, but I will say if something like that doesn't exist, it should because that would be invaluable coming into college, 18 years old, 19 years old, whatever. You come in, you have a one credit class, maybe a summer course before your classes start, maybe during your spring training or your summer training or something like that. And then you are taught, hey, this is what it means to be a college athlete. Here's what you can expect. Here's how managers function and just understanding that system, even if it's just for athletes rather than going deep all the way into the failings of high school education, because that can be expanded greatly to a large discussion. So even just looking at athletes, if they have that knowledge, that could be really valuable. And like I said, it's possible they do, but I've never heard of it.
1: Right. Yeah, I haven't either. So if any of you watching have had that experience or know what that's like, yeah, let us know because that that would not only be eye-opening for us, but we could probably draw better conclusions with that information and uh, have a discussion that might result in finding an answer at some point in the future. But... Yeah, it's it's an interesting problem, collegiate athletes being paid. And one thing I want to segue into that we mentioned briefly at the start about college coaches, uh, there is actually kind of a controversy at the University of Colorado Boulder. They had for 2019 a football coach, Mel Tucker, And Mel Tucker signed with another team at another school. I forgot which one in particular. Um, Supposedly, and and these are based off uh, peer rumors. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I've only heard this through um, people roughly my age telling me this uh, as they heard it. uh, That he signed with another school because they were offering him a larger sum of money for the contract that he would coach the team. And so he left immediately. Right. And and that sparked kind of a controversy at Boulder, particularly about coach pay. Why are we paying coaches this much if they're going to leave? Is this fair to the athletes? I think at least in Boulder, that kind of sparked an era of controversy and discussion around the topic. But as far as I remember, it didn't lead anywhere. Uh, because the NCAA has already been taken to court on unethical uh, principles with not paying athletes and stuff, but they've already been defended by courts uh, because of their scholarship opportunities. Um, it's interesting. My personal stance on the whole coach situation is that I, as far as I can understand the situation, it's fine. Was it unethical for for Mel Tucker to leave the team for more money? Uh, maybe, maybe it was unethical, and maybe kind of a you know spitting on the team because people look at coaching a team as more than an economic investment. You know, it's an investment to the people and to the team. Um, but if you ask me, I mean, money talks. And, I mean, that's just that's just how the world works. And do I blame Mel Tucker? No, I, I honestly do not. I think it was mean to the players and bad to the name of our football team. But at the end of the day, that, that really doesn't mean anything. He's making more money at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. We have to decide, is coaching an economic problem or is it a an ethical problem? cultural problem because like you said mel tucker he transferred to michigan state um, yeah for the same head coaching position and he makes more money and if you look at it from his perspective what's the end goal of a head coach in the college athletics industry it's to coach the best teams and win the most games period that's just the way it works for you mm-hmm. and it you really have to decide as as a team, as a community, as as a nationwide system of collegiate athletes and fans, what really matters? Is it about winning? And if it is, this system incentivizes winning, and that seems like that's what people really care about. They want their team to win. Is it about just playing the game and having that community? Which, if that's the case, then winning's not as important. And then, obviously, keeping score doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then... right. Sports don't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, winning is obviously inherent to scorekeeping sports. it kind of has to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we have a system that incentivizes higher pay for coaches, incentivizes them to go get their best offers. And sure, uh, it might be a pretty low move to to change schools after one or two years. That's more of just a personal just irritation maybe. But at a deeper level, is it inherently a problem in the – collegiate athlete system um, athlete system and i would have to agree with you it doesn't seem to be a problem now maybe the pay is too high maybe that money could be reinvested into academics and if it was a proportional cut if let's say every coach in the united states at a division 1 level they all lost 10% it was just a flat tax you might want to call it mm-hmm. then it's not unfair to anyone because They're all getting proportionally higher than everyone else. There's still the same comparative advantage to be at a better school like Michigan state, for example. So then that doesn't really hurt anyone on a comparative scale. So then you have to decide, is that what we want? Do we want coaches to be incentivized to be the absolute best? Or do we really want to prioritize that communal cultural? We want a coach who's an alumni of our school and he sticks around for years and years, or do we just want to win? Or is it some middle ground? And as of right now, people purportedly state they care about the communal aspect and in a lot of ways that's how they act but then when it comes to the game itself winning is what matters that's how athletics is set up if you don't win you don't get money you don't get fans you don't get the best coaches you don't get the best facilities it's all tied into winning whether you like it or not it's not as much tied into community so it really takes a it takes a collegiate psyche change in in thinking to not incentivize increased coach pay. It seems almost like a an impasse where you can't remove that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it really is and to put this into perspective, I looked it up in the background while well, while you were while you were bringing up your point about, you know, this, you know, arguing between cultural and monetary benefit of being a head coach apparently Mel Tucker almost doubled the amount of money he was going to gain by going to Michigan State Uh, it says here his contract at uh, Boulder was 14.8 million dollars over the five years he would be there whereas at Michigan State he would get 5.5 million dollars every year for six years which is over 30 million dollars which is insane. If I was Mel Tucker, I would take that. And I I would like to believe I'm a morally grounded person. I mean, maybe some of you might disagree. I mean, hopefully not. I hope no listener here knows me well enough to decide that on a whim. But off this one decision alone, I mean, I, I really can't blame Mel Tucker. I mean, add on to the fact, whatever personal experiences and personal life that we don't know about, you know, maybe as a family, there are so many, you know, unknown scenarios about him as a person that to call it completely morally unjustifiable, I disagree with. And I think it being such a hot controversy, I, I think is, is unnecessary unless there's something about the situation. I don't know about if there's more controversy, maybe he did something that was truly, you know, bad. Uh, and of course that's a slippery slope depending on how you want to define truly bad, but you know, I think I think where I stand is that he should go where he's paid the most money because the school that pays him the most money sees the most worth in investing that much into him. And if that is going to happen with Michigan State, then obviously I would imagine you would bust your butt off working for that particular place because they see that much more worth in you than previous than other places. And that's, I don't know how Mel Tucker is as a coach. So I can't say that, you know, thank God we got rid of him. Or, wow, we really missed out on a good coach because of money. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think we've agreed about, you know, kind of the butting heads of the two sides of the coin there. Yeah,
0: it really, like I said, it's just a value game. We need to, as a society be able to first and foremost empathize with every individual so for example players empathize with the players see what they feel that they bring to an organization and then compare that with statistics and then find a good answer do the same thing for coaches say hey what's your incentive to coach you obviously love the game of football or else you wouldn't be a coach most likely mm-hmm. you need to know the game well You need to be good at it you need to be phenomenal at it you need to understand it conceptually so put yourself in those shoes understand what their motives are and again, maybe the pay isn't perfect. Maybe everyone needs a certain percentage cut across the board and that could be reinvested in the school. But it needs to be an understanding where society has an equilibrium of what they want. And presuming there's not too many restrictions or or policies or government interventions, we're going to come to an equilibrium naturally, uh, whether it's on a macroeconomic scale or even just a smaller collegiate domain of economics if you want to even call it that equilibrium happens stuff happens in a way that people are comfortable with the most amount of the time that's just how it works if people were uncomfortable with it the supply would go down people would stop watching games and then they'd have to lower pay right okay. so it really is just a cultural psyche where i think individuals just love sports so much for better or for worse they just really like sports and if people didn't raised their kids to be athletes and they raised them to be scientists or artists whatever it doesn't really matter i'm not trying to give a judgment call here but if you're gonna if everyone's kids are raised to be the best athletes in the world then clearly the culture loves athletics and doesn't mind this market equilibrium of high valuation for coaches right at least that's how it seems and because if it were not the case people wouldn't attend games they wouldn't be as involved. That's just your natural inclination. If you want things to change, you have to be proactive and change them. Mm -hmm. So it really seems to me that a lot of talking is coming from a loud minority that might be justified from an overall stance of well-being for students. Don't get me wrong. You might be justified in saying, actually, an extra $5 million would do better revamping the um, advisory institution's academic advisors on a college campus that might be true i'd probably agree with that but if that's really what we think we got to say it we can't just right yeah except <laughs> where we're at and then be like well i love sports i want my af- my kids to be athletes my family should be athletes we're going to teach my kids three sports throughout their whole life they're going to be in college and they're going to kick some ass but then i'm going to get upset because athletics makes too much money well right there's some inherent hypocrisy in that exactly Before we continue, we'd like to make a quick announcement. We run this podcast ad-free. Of course, with the trial version of Spotify, for example, some ads are simply out of our control. However, we will never run third-party ads during the Future of Thought podcast. This podcast acts to provide accessible, unhindered discourse for all who listen. Because of this, We rely on you, the listener, to support this podcast. Support us by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the future of thought and selecting the tier of your choice. Regardless of how much or how little you choose to donate, you are a greatly appreciated listener. Now let's get back to the podcast.
1: Now, the last thing that comes to my mind Um, in general is too much money being put towards college athletics uh, regardless of the sport (sighs) see my opinion on this is uh, I really don't know where it's grounded on and I don't know how popular of opinion this is because I don't I often don't find myself online going on forums or discussion threads about you know Money and sports, because sports is a weird category and college athletics is not um, is not the only example, obviously pro play as well. sports is a weird category where if you think about it fundamentally and logically, the amount of money that goes into it is insanely ridiculous it's unprecedented, and it doesn't need to go there when you can spend billions of dollars in an industry that you could argue, quote unquote, is more beneficial to humanity rather than mere entertainment. But now you have to stand your ground and you have to make the case of science versus entertainment or whatever, however you want to put the two facets of that story is. And where I lie is I, I lie wherever this is on the, on, you know, that spectrum of two sides. Uh, entertainment is entertainment and it is an industry that is good at what it does. When it comes to sports, people are willing to go out of their way to spend this much money to get a ticket or a seat at a, you know, a playoff game or, you know, a season finale, a Super Bowl, for example. You know, thousands of dollars for a seat. And when I think about people's willingness to put down that money for that, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the same construct behind. Why we even use paper for money anyways, you know? Fundamentally, it's not useful to us. But we've created the psyche behind it that we think we've attached value to it, you know? Uh, United States dollars are a fiat currency. And I think how much money is being funneled into collegiate athletics could be better spent elsewhere. in academics like we previously talked about. But is it going to be? I don't think so, because I don't think people want to give up the entertainment that, that watching this brings, right? That really pinpoints the key facet of this
0: discussion. I would argue that athletics is overvalued in one sense. I don't find as much value in entertainment. I think billions of dollars could be better spent in researching vaccines, for example. That being said, the market says otherwise. So we have to, uh, and this is a big burden on policymakers, you have to either intervene and then hope you get some votes behind you, or and if not, you have to make some kind of um, executive-esque orders. Either intervene and say, hey, this money needs to be better spent somewhere else because it's better for the collective humanity, period, or. We just need to accept the market where it is and say, you know what? This is equilibrium. Pro athletes make this much money because this is how many people watch them. And that's just basic economics. Therefore, this is fine. You really just have to decide as a society, whether that's politicians, whether that's through voting. I don't know the best processes, but we really just have to decide. Athletics, and this really applies to the college level. How much do we value it? If we want our kids to be athletes so bad that we take them to personal trainers we can't afford every two weeks and have them enrolled in sports that we want them to play because we didn't do as good as we want. And we better live vicariously through them, which I know is a generalization, but I'm sure it's more common than people realize. If this is how we want to live our lives, there's no value judgment. That's fine. You can do that. As a society, we can do that, but then it's hypocrisy to then complain that the market equilibrium is so high. You really have to have one or the other. There's not that I can think of a way to have it both ways. (laughs) That would make two of us, yeah. So with that said, uh, Kaylin, do you have anything else to add? This is probably a little bit of a shorter episode, but we really wanted to pinpoint this because it's, it's interesting, especially during the pandemic and being college age students, it's just a applicable conversation.
1: Yeah, it totally is. I, I think, I think that was what we've talked about Were all the sparks going off in my head about, about collegiate athletes, about pay. Um, but all that stuff, I think we fit everything that's in my head. I mean, if you have anything to add, go ahead.
0: I'll just finalize with this. Um, Again, to clarify and round out Kaelin and I's uh, background, we are not collegiate athletes, we're not. We both played a little bit of high school ball of some sort, K1 football, myself basketball. We don't play in college and we don't have degrees in sports science and we're not gonna pretend to. That being said, this is an important conversation that ties into a lot of undertones in how we approach the world collectively, how we approach economics, how we approach ethics, how we approach um, the different domains, for example, entertainment, and how, what value we place on them. So really just just ponder, what value do you place on athletics and why? Are you placing that value because your parents told you to, or because your best bud is a, is a CU Boulder football fan and you want to fit in with the team? and all their fan base fine there's nothing wrong with that but at least acknowledge where it comes from because once we all are self-aware and can acknowledge why we're thinking what we're thinking then and only then can we have productive discourse on the topic